Welcome to the 100th episode of the PJ Party Podcast. 100! I can't believe we've done 100 of these. Oh, oh my gosh. My God. What a milestone! Yeah, I'm just, I'm just amazed that you're listening still. <laughs> The numbers have been really steady, like, all through the pandemic. Some podcasts I've noticed, like, numbers have skyrocketed because of, like, oh, God, I'm so desperate. I needed a distraction. Some numbers have, like, kind of fallen off because it's just, like, I'm not driving anymore, Mm -hmm. so I have less listening time. Do you know what I mean? So, and this has become less important to me, but... PJ Partiers are like right there with us. Yeah, thanks for partying with us. Thank you so much. Please tell your friends. Spread the word. We're trying to get rich here. What do you think we're doing this for fun? Yeah, we're doing it for fun. We don't get any money for this. this. (laughs) This is just for fun times. It's good for our brand. We decided to do this, Paul. You don't roll your eyes. Our brand. I know. know. I'm rolling my eyes at my own stupid stupid self. Oh, I see. I I just do it because it's fun and there's a lot of stuff that we just don't talk about on the radio. Yeah, it is true. And it's also nice to just have a little like um, compilation of our shows so we can like go back down memory lane and mm-hmm. and uh, see what happened. Like I I was talking to my sister and she's listened to like old episodes and yeah. then have gone has gone forward and it's been interesting because it's a timeline of news events and our yeah. reaction to it. So she's like, sometimes it's like, oh no, this is. This is not good because things yeah. have changed so quickly, but then we catch up to the news and as it as it folds out, you know, our opinions change and yeah. our perspectives change and it's apparently really interesting to listen to on the way like backwards. Oh yeah. Yeah. I bet. I, oh, absolutely. That's I mean, I wouldn't recommend it cuz it probably <laughs> probably sound very like cringy. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. I'm sure I would cringe at some things I say, but that's the thing, right? It's just like we're just and, and I hope that everyone's kind of got this uh, relaxed, chill attitude. And I mean, hold people, certainly broadcasters accountable for, you know, but like just they're trying to do the best they can with the information as it comes. And hindsight is a really important thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for opinions to change with new information. Yes. That should be super duper normalized. Totally. And you should be okay to be called out. And yep. um, learn from that and, experience. I think some yeah. of the biggest learning experiences for me is me being called out completely and then rethinking that and never doing that thing again because it offends someone or I've yeah. just learned that things should be seen differently. That's right. Yeah. That's progress. Things change. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me about your hamster uh, dream. Okay. Um, so I had a dream <laughs> the other day and it was a dream <clears throat> uh, that I was on the radio chatting about a hamster event in Victoria and it was a bring your own hamster event uh. and uh, the city of Victoria has put some funding in to uh, provide hamster balls for everyone who has hamsters to okay. come to a field and put their hamsters in hamster balls and they can all roam free right. and what was so great about this event too was that they also provided the owners hamster balls so you could Run around oh. in your own hamster ball with your hamster friends wow. in the field in Victoria. Wow. And I was making fun of it on the radio. Well, not making fun, but like laughing at it a little bit on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then some woman named Sue Ann texts in uh-huh. and she's like, Jenny West in the mornings, because I was filling in for mornings that mm-hmm. day, she said, mm-hmm. she says she needs to be removed from the radio because she has offended me and my family because we go to this hamster event every year and how dare <laughs> she talk ill of the hamster event and how its importance to the community and my family of hamsters. Wow. So I almost got pulled from the radio from... Wow. 
trash talk in this hamster event. But you know, it was so funny every time I mentioned like this uh, uh, story to friends. They're like, "Wait, did this actually happen? I'm confused." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds like something that could happen, especially in Victoria." Yeah, yeah. So um, I just thought maybe we should have a hamster event. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was what was so wild is that it, this could happen. I mean, the event would be great for social distancing. Yes. Everyone's in their own hamster balls. That's true. Maybe the next level is we bring in hawks, like a bring your own hawk event and just okay. bring up the risk a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Because you know what? It's, I went through a real roller coaster there as you were describing this, but it all kind of, you just, everything you said just kind of. Uh, like solved it for itself because first I thought like you can't just let hamsters run around in a field because yeah number one a hawk will that's like a delicious buffet for a hawk oh yeah and then number two how would you ever find your own hamster again it's more like a say goodbye to your hamster party um, bye love you Paul, Gizmo be, thank was, you so much for li- pissing in my hands constantly goodbye F- let's set free maybe you live for three more days in this field maybe you beaten by a hawk immediately anyways goodbye forever okay first of all you would know um, your hamster from other hamsters because the hamster is part of your family uh, do you know the difference between your children between your pets yeah you know. so you would know you're the difference between a hamster <laughs> Also, Paul, we, we don't want any problems happening. So obviously we're going to have a strict labeling system on each of right. the balls. So okay. we know which one's hammy and which one's rosy. Now, and that's it. Are, that's the ball solved all those problems. The hawk can't get the ball unless yeah. it's got really big talons and then maybe you could fly away with it. And then yeah, crack and then into it, it, at like that point egg. it deserves it. And then, yeah, the hawk does. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you're right. You write your name on the ball. Got it. And maybe put a GPS tracking device on it. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> we've we've thought of everything. Okay. And it. and then and then Sue Ann yeah called for your firing yeah for the insensitivity over the Hampshire ball so, race. Hmm, interesting. So this speaks to your psyche in an interesting way too, though. That you do you often have like stress dreams about radio all the time. Really? Oh my god! Yeah. That's common in radio people. People I know like have nightmares about dead air and saying something wrong on the radio. And I have to tell you, I have not in my thirteen, almost fourteen years on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like uh, twenty years, probably closer to working in this industry. Never have I had. A radio dream, yeah, it, and I, I, I always wonder, like, does that mean I don't care as much, or like, do I, feel do I not love it as much? It's like, no, it just doesn't affect my psyche in that way. Interestingly, I feel like you just like you have a real chill vibe. I feel like there's not a lot of anxiety, Mm-mm. you know, when talking to you or like anything well, that you do, you just kind of do it with confidence, and well, you, thank you, you, you do it, you know. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. There's some days I'm not as confident, or if I have to do something that's a little bit nerve wracking, it's yeah. going to be on my mind. Like filling in for the morning. Sometimes I get a little nervous about it, especially if there's a lot of news happening. Right. I don't want to mess it up. You did you so know? good. You, you did it this you. morning. You were so good. Um, okay, yes. But, oh, but I do uh, sometimes, what did someone say to me and I was so mad at them and I and I it really like rattled around in my brain and I was mad at myself mm. because that's the thing. I think part of this is you, you know, when someone says something mean to you on the text message line or like has a differing opinion or something mm. like it really seeps into your brain. Me. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm the same way too, right? Like if someone fires me off a nasty tweet or a text message or whatever, I, 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 I it does. I stew on it yeah. for a day or so. And then eventually there comes a point where I, I have to go say to myself, are you still thinking about this? Yeah. Stop. Like, what are you doing? And I shame myself into 
Let that go. That's yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. This is not enriching your life. Let it breathe it out. Sit and shit it out of yourself. Yeah. Blast it out of your nose. <laughs> blow it out your ears. Shove it up your butt and lick it. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> Sorry, this is something my shove heart, up your butt partner and lick often it. tells me. It's sh- She'll go, shove it up your butt and lick it. <laughs> I love that. What does that even mean? It's oh, she's horrible. so feisty. I love her. She's very feisty. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? It's like you have to you have to kind of have a little bit of, if, I, if there's one thing that I have, I hope it's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You don't think I do? <laughs> no, you do. You do. There's just sometimes a... I do, but I do. I do. I think yeah. I would be much more of a horrible maniac if I didn't have some self-awareness Actually, to like, kind so of bring true. me back to center sometimes. You do have self-awareness. You know exactly you. what you're doing all the time. And then sometimes you know that, and then you're like, doesn't matter. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think that's it. And you're like, ha, stupid shit. Like, Still try and get mad at me. I don't care. Uh, I know what I'm doing. See? Yeah. You know, troublemaker. I am a little mischievous. Um, no, but boy. that's a, definitely something you've taught me um, since, you know, being in a co-hosting position with you. Yeah. Um, I just took everything to heart and I would dwell on it. And my anxiety was just through the roof because it was just mm. like, oh, the public at any point can just throw daggers at you with words. Mm. Okay. Mm. So that's something you have to work on. And I think over the years, like, especially since working with you and you're really good at that, being mm. like, who cares about this idiot? Yeah. Like, why does that opinion matter to you out of all the... all all the opinions and all the nice things that are also said about you too. Um, And just even like not even that, but also not allowing those nice comments to really like inflate you too much as well. Right. And not rely on nice comments in order to get through the day or you think that, you know, you're going to do something on the radio for those nice comments as well. It's like, that's not a a healthy way to look at it at all. Do what makes, what feels good with you. And that's, that's just maturing. And I think, um, yeah, just being a little bit more confident in what you have to offer yeah. as well, I, which has been helpful. I'm kind of the same way with nice comments, too. Mm-hmm. It's like people can, you know, of course it feels good. It's like, hey, like people, you know, high five me at the Royals games all the time. And they're like, hey, man, love your show. And it's just like, thank you so much. That makes me feel nice. Of course it does. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate you saying that. But I don't roll around in bed with those comments at night. They yeah. kind of, they go in, they like a big thumbs up and then. And then I forget it immediately. And then it's like, okay, what next? What's the next thing? That just affects me. It doesn't need to affect anyone else. I don't need to spread the word that people are liking me or not liking me. Like, let's... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I appreciate that. And that that does build a base of like, great, I get to continue my job because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have people listening or, you know, it's like numbers are good or whatever it is. So that's really wonderful. And I have an endless appreciation for that Mm -hmm. of what it means as a whole, what it builds up to. But like, no, you can't. You can't soak yourself in in positive comments either. You mm-hmm. just have to, you know, keep on keeping on. Um, okay, let's briefly touch here. I wanted to tell a little story if it's okay. If we're done, yeah. if we're, can we move on from hamsters? Um, this is why you're obsessed with hamsters okay. right now? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a good dream. It tells a lot about yourself. Do you know how to spell hamster? It's H as in hamster, yes. A as in amster, yeah. M as in mamster, S as in samster, Samster. T as in tamster, E as in amster, R as in ramster. Let's move on. This is like hamster Latin. <laughs> it's like big Latin, but for hamsters. Just imagine like a, a spelling bee. And that's how they spelled words. Every word. Referring back to hamster. Trixkadefkaphobia. <laughs> T is in tramster. 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah, I do. Cool. Can you use it in a sentence? The hamster pissed on my hands. <laughs> Tricks the hands to fall people. I truly love hamsters. I had hamsters growing up. They were my first pet. And I had one hamster named Gizmo. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good. And then my sister had a hamster. What was her name? Like Brownie or something? Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was a biter. And then I had. <laughs> they bite hard. They make you bleed. I've <laughs> bled right. many times from hamsters. You've got to get a teddy bear hamster. They're softer and they mm-hmm. don't bite. And mm-hmm. then regular hamsters, they're less soft. Biters. <laughs> and then I had a hamster named Cosmo, which I was so blessed with Cosmo. She lived a long time, like, had a good long life for a hamster. Mm-hmm. And never peed or pooed outside of her cage. Wow. Ever. Ever. Wow. Never peed or pooed on me. And in fact, when she did pee or poo inside of her cage, it was always in one little corner. She was so clean. Wow. So when I cleaned the cage, I only had to clean one corner, really. And then the rest of the bedding was so nice. I, and they're a wonderful pet. If you keep the cage clean, you get this wonderful wood chip smell in your house, in your bed, room, Blech. wherever you keep it. What? Wood chip? Like no good? Smell, no. You don't like wood? What? Because it reminds me of hamsters. <laughs> when I walk by a freshly made fence in my neighborhood, I stop oh, and yeah, smell it like it's good. a bunch of but flowers. still the hamster smell. There's a little bit of a hamster smell. And then, too, they run all day, and, or rather all night in their wheel. Yeah. And sad. It, I, to me, that's like an ASMR situation. Oh. Put me to, it's sad. <laughs> Why? <laughs> sad they run in the wheel? I wish you could run, run free. <laughs> But that's why we need these hamster events. I'm they, telling you. I know. They really are obsessive about it, too. They're like, gotta run. Yeah. Have to run all night. Yeah. It's like, what would you be doing in the wild? Just running a marathon every night and then yeah. running home and sleeping? They're buds. And they're little nubby tails, too. Hamsters so are great. How so wonderful. Okay. Episode 100. Hamsters. Shove it up your butt and lick it. <laughs> Kiss my whispering ass. Um, okay. I had this thought today because, uh, look at obviously... And, this podcast is going to be probably an ass load of it, uh, just full of the you know conversation about what's going on in the mm-hmm, world right mm-hmm. now. It's really rough. Um, there's an interesting conversation going on. We talked about this yesterday. How earlier this week, you know, we had heard that uh, you know to go on the news or TV or whatever and um, uh, put the idea out of defunding the police was so horrifically radical that you couldn't do it. It was like, we can't put that on TV. We can't put that on the news. Because people didn't know anything about it. And now it's actually a a topic and an issue and an idea that's having some discussion. Now, look at it. I think we're a million years away, honestly, Mm -hmm. from ever $1 coming away from police departments across North America. But it's very interesting that that has been brought into our lexicon over the last week and that people are really taking seriously what we do for law enforcement and protection in our society. Exactly. How could you not with the, uh, you know, uh, oh, hey, we're here to peacefully protest uh, police brutality. All right. Well, we've got a uh, heaping helping of police brutality for you in response. Mm -hmm. How do you not look at that system? Yeah. And be like, okay, there's something wrong with the system. What can we do Mm -hmm. in order to change it? And it's not just a matter of each individual being like, okay, I'm not racist now. Right. Like that's, let's, (laughs) you know, it's not like that. Um, And uh, some people have been bringing up some incredible points around defunding the police, Mm. including like, uh, you know, violence teams, people who are trained in like de-escalating violence and those sort of situations, people who are trained in mental health. And instead of seeing a mental health, um, you know, um, 
crisis um, and, you know, immediately arresting the person and then throwing them in jail or whatever. Right. Instead, seeing what the actual mental health, the root of that issue is and giving them the help that they actually need to get better. Can you imagine? Right? Can you imagine? I know. And the, and it goes on. I mean, I'm, I don't know that much about it. I've only been doing reading about it for the last, like, few weeks, like, is yeah. really when it got <laughs> brought to my attention. But yeah. it's incredible when people brought it up initially to, you know, places like the CBC and mm-hmm. feeling like this incredible backlash, like, this is crazy. This is, like you said, just like... Um, What's the word? What did you... Radical. Radical, a yeah. Radical idea. Um, and then now that they're learning about it, they're like, let's have panels. Let's actually discuss this. Yeah. What can we do yeah. in order to change the system? Um, yeah. And so and so, what, the, I, I'm, I'm hopeful about it. You know, again, yeah, too, I, I don't know enough about um, that to, you know, put a wave a flag. You'd be like, this is what we need police. to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to a protest or a rally rather on Sunday. I, I'm i not going to put, put defund the police no. on my sign because I don't feel that strongly about it just yet. But I think there is a really wonderful change kind of happening from the inside out already. And I was reminded this morning about, so a very dear friend of mine, um, an amazing guy. He, we grew up together, um, you know, from kind of high school on, and uh, he studied uh, like religion and became a pastor. But what he does actually for a job is he works uh, with the Salvation Army as like a pastor who counsels like homeless people and people transitioning out of homeless. So these are people with obviously like, you know, colossal issues coming from poverty. They deal with race issues, obviously, um, uh, addiction, mental health. You can imagine, mm-hmm. right? The gamut. And when they're trying to get better, they deal with him in a way that he like provides counseling and um, guidance and all these kind of things. And he's a very sweet man. Uh, he's very, you know, and, and comes at it from a place of like pure love. Mm-hmm. That's his job. That's what he has to do all day, every day. So he has actually been, I hope I'm, you know, Okay, telling this story, but he has been actively recruited by a police force. Oh, okay, wow. And isn't that wonderful that that so already internally from the police mm-hmm. they are looking to get people on the force with that type of a background. Beautiful. Not someone who wants to go out and crack some heads and you know be an authority figure, but rather someone who comes from a place of experience. An education of lovingly helping people, mm-hmm. especially very, very vulnerable people in these situations who are incredibly difficult to deal with in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So that when he told me that, I was so heartwarmed that that's a police force who is noticing that that's the type of people we would like to have on the streets. Yeah. How this is the type of guy who you know would rather die ten times before see any harm come to Aww. someone he's there to help. Do you know what yeah, I mean? That's, that's beautiful. I want a force of people like that on the street. And then again, so I, I'm not 100 percent on this defund the police thing. But if you follow that to a conclusion, it's like, wow! Imagine if instead of an army of heavily militarized, you know, uh, aggressive individuals out there, we did have call it an army, mm-hmm. but of people with that type of disposition, mm-hmm. oh my God, the peacekeeping, 
the humanitarianism that could be happening on our streets who are, and again, mostly police are dealing with vulnerable populations in and our community. That would actually save lives. Right? 100%. Yeah. Right? So that's... That, that small change, again, then this was a year ago that mm. uh, he even told me about this. This is well before, oh. you know, but I mean, obviously, there, this conversation has been going on a long time, but yeah. well before it reached this boiling point. Well, it's interesting because someone brought it up that, like, police act after there has been a crime, mm. right? And it's not there to, like, prevent the crime. Yes, there are aspects in the police force that are there to prevent crime, but right. the main thing is the crime's already happened and then police come in. And if there's a way that we can stop pre- and prevent crime yeah, from hap- yeah. happening in the first place, you know, that's something to look at as well. Mm-hmm. And also, when it comes to looking at different numbers around crime rates in certain cities, it's it's interesting because it's a lot of police are sent to cities with, you know poverty and mm. um you know people of color as well yep. and of course the crime rates are going to be up because there's more police there mm. cracking down on you know so it's like yes. the numbers are not always always correct it seems yeah so it's just something to like think about when you like see all these numbers and everything and mm-hmm. like oh but there's more crime and you know they're doing their job it's just like oh think about like what the sample is yeah and the fact that police are often, I mean, there's lots of reading to do and um, mm-hmm. certainly I'm no expert and I'm no, kind of paraphrasing kind of things that I've learned over some time. But yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's pressure on police to crack down on things that aren't crime. But do you know what I mean? They're trying mm-hmm. to find crime where it is so that their numbers can remain inflated, that they're doing a lot of arrests or whatever. I mean, there's lots. There's, there's a lot, It's yeah. a really complicated discussion. Um, of course, I also have respect for, you know, uh, police who are good and, and go out there and try and make a difference yeah. in the world. And But, I mean, just think about it on a very micro level, right? The last time I called the police, there was a couple of individuals smoking crack right outside my house. Yeah. <laughs> okay? In the alley behind my place. And uh, I... I feel bad. I probably could have just yelled out the window and been like, hey, what are you guys doing? Eh, maybe not here. No, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And treated them like people. Instead, I was a coward. I called the police. Now, did I want a, a troop? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this, again, yeah. this is just the way of thinking of like, where could the money go? Did I want a tank to roll up, you know, and a bunch of heavily armed guys to strong arm these people out of my alleyway? No. Or would I have been just as happy, much happier, in fact, for uh, someone to roll up, uh, a social worker or someone who has, you know, a lot of experience dealing with addiction Mm -hmm. and mental health and to roll up and just uh, have a conversation with these people and say, Mm -hmm. uh, here's why you can't do that right now. Hey, can we get you into, um, you know, a a safe safe site? A facility, yeah. A facility, yeah. If you got to do this, there are safer places, less cumbersome places upon the neighborhood uh, for you to do it. That's what I would like to see my money go towards. Totally. So, again, just some micro examples of uh, just this whole massive conversation that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, And Wow, what a week. I know. And, yeah, there's just a lot of reflecting, a lot of just... uh, I'm just trying to educate myself yeah. and and that's really what's happening because it isn't really, I mean, it's not just a sprint. It is a marathon, you know, it's not mm-hmm. something that's going to change overnight. There is like systemic issues that are not going to be able to get changed overnight and yeah. we have to 
look and dissect corporations. We have to dissect systems. We have to dissect everything. We have to dissect our regular everyday life and think about like what in my life am I doing that could add to a racist society, you know? Yes. So it's just a lot of questioning, a lot of educating myself and hopefully other people are as well. Yeah, I hope so too because uh, it's it's wild. I haven't had a lot of backlash. I've been doing a little speaking out this week, and I'm amazed I haven't had anyone reach out to me. I think I'm losing some followers on Twitter, maybe, mm. and I'm kind of just like, okay, yes. bye, bye for now. Oh, this is good. Oh, fantastic. But no one's pushed back or fought or like tech tweeted at me like "fuck you" unfollowed or anything. Yeah. It's just people have been slowly kind of drifting away. I'm just like, okay, if this if you're not ready to hear this message right now. You know, that's the no need to, to be combative. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you'll find it somewhere else in a way that works for you, and your heart can kind of drift in that direction. Um, and oh man, I and, and I think a lot of it comes from a fear of like, uh, well, if we uh, give justice to these people, then I'll have it less. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. That you ta- told me something really interesting last week. Different topic, but about how a lot of times negative feelings, jealousy comes from a fear of losing something. Yes. That's profound. That has really, I've been ruminating on that for a long time. It's changed my life, honestly. Yes. Thinking about that. I mean, it was in a, in a relationship setting where I was thinking about jealousy and, and what, what the difference between jealousy and like envy Mm -hmm. and the jealousy comes from, yeah, exactly what you said. It's a place of you had this thing and you're afraid that someone's going to take it from you. And envy is like, is something that, it actually never belonged to you. Right. Yes. Um, ah. So when it comes to relationships, so if you are jealous of your partner, you know, flirting with someone um, because you're afraid that that person is going to take your partner away from you, um, you just have to reflect and be like, okay, is their relationship actually affecting me negatively in any way? Right. No. And when you act on those jealous issues, when those become actions, Mm. they, no matter what, become toxic. Yes. Right? It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, you can communicate how you're feeling and it's okay to have those feelings, but just know that like you don't own someone. Yeah. Their experiences with someone else actually does not affect you at all. In fact, them having other experiences with other people, it could actually help your own relationship because Mm. you're, they're not depending on you for every little piece of um, their life that they need from a person. You know, they can get it from many people. I'm not saying that like everyone should go and, you know, have sex and do whatever they want with other people, but just having that thought and like being able to see the difference between what jealousy and envy is. Mm -hmm. um, It's, yeah, it's it's definitely helped. Yeah. I I just thought that was such an interesting perspective and such a true thing. And, and yeah, and I agree too. It's like, oftentimes we just want to hold someone to ourselves. But like you said, like you don't own that person. Yeah. And if your relationship is strong and healthy, then guess what? When they talk to and have experiences with other people, hopefully Mm -hmm. they come back uh, realizing how wonderful you are and uh, how much they appreciate you. And they can also appreciate that other person as well. And that's okay. It's like friendships too, yeah. right? You don't mm-hmm. get jealous. I don't get jealous if my friend decides to go to the spa with my other friend because, right. frankly, I don't really want to go to the spa. It's oh, not my jam. I don't like spas. Not into it. I'd rather go to a concert with my friend. And I know my role in that right. is like, okay, I'm the friend that you'll go to the concert and the bar with. Not the friend you'd go to the spa with. Yes. You can do that with my other friend, okay? <laughs> yes, and right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I would like to spend some time with you, but I can do that in other ways, right. you know? 
And as it relates to this, it's just like, yeah, if they have that, then what about me? Right. And it's like, do you understand that we're, you know, it's like when people fight for justice, it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, why are we, why have we turned on each other as people, you know, when there are systems and um, entities that seek to like suck justice away actually from the majority of all the people who are living in our society. Mm -hmm. It's like, have a look at that. Who's really pushing you down? Who's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not... Uh, your neighbor who uh, might <laughs> receive kinder uh, treatment at the hands of the police. No, no, no. It's like uh, there are other systems who maybe are hurting you worse than that. And, so that's, yeah. that's all I think. And we're lucky that like, that's the thing. I, I saw this one sign that really resonated with me. I'm loving seeing everyone's signs, but it was yeah. one. It was like, uh, it was a black woman holding a sign and saying, you're lucky that all we want is equality and not revenge. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, anyway. help me now because I, you know, it's like uh, I'm going to go to a rally on Sunday and I have to think mm-hmm. of some clever signs. Same, so, same. Um, I'm going to brainstorm that now. But um, thank you so much for listening to 100, number 100 episode of PJ Party. Yeah. What a treat. Really oh, a treat in a delay. It's been uh, really fun making these podcasts every week. Um, that's what we said. We don't live for uh, nice comments, but boy, if you want to leave us a positive <laughs> review wherever you find this podcast, that is helpful. Um, again, at 100 episodes is a big milestone, but uh, please do continue telling your friends and we would love to continue to grow it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's lovely. It's nice to have a little subsection of community within a community within a community. Mm-hmm. You know, so reach out whenever. If you ever, you know, just want to talk about something that we're talking about in the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, email us, really. I would love yeah. to get an email. Okay. Enjoy this podcast. Have a great weekend. Love you. Stay safe. Be well. Bye. With everything that's going on in the world right now, Jen. It's good to know that there is a lot of focus, it seems right now, a lot of attention being paid to roller coasters. How are we going to get back roller coastering? When does Disneyland open back it's up? It's a necessity. When, how are we going to do it? Yeah. I saw... I just want my body to be thrown around on a track. It's important. It's essential. <laughs> what was that video I showed you yesterday where like some... A theme park put a bunch of giant teddy bears on a roller coaster and was like, here's the roller coaster. Still exists. Like, why? Uh, Who yeah, cares? Why? The bears just floating around. <laughs> Anywho, came across a thing today that in uh, Japan, mm-hmm. they are going to be opening up back roller coasters, but they are encouraging patrons at the theme park uh, to go on the roller coaster and not scream. Because of COVID. So just like, what are you supposed to do? Just like be dead silent? Have you ever tried to be straight faced on a roller coaster? You know those photos that you take when yes. it's like down the biggest part? Yeah. I've tried many times to be straight faced and it doesn't work. Your no. girl screams. You gotta, yeah, you kind of do have to scream. It's not a voluntary thing. You're like, oh, I'm on a roller coaster right now. <gasps> Better scream or everyone's going to think that I'm weird. It's, <laughs> no, you're screaming because it just comes out of you because you're being thrown about. You know how terrifying it would be to, like, see a roller coaster with just a whole bunch of deadpan, like, straight-faced, completely silent theme park goers? It's terrifying. Uh Um, But I like the way that they they worded it. They're like, theme park operators are asking guests to refrain from vocalizing loudly. So you could, like, close your mouth and go... "Ah, 
would always hold up a sign like Wile E. Coyote that says like, we are like, I'm having fun. Okay. But the reason why is because of the particles of breathing and of stuff, course, right? right. I, it, I, I was confused at first. I was like, is a noise violating something? What's going on? But, yeah, it's the driplets, right? You know, you, you wear a mask or you just like don't, just try not to scream. For all of this... And then, like, Disneyland opening back up and everything like that. And we're going to have to wear masks and keep away from each other. Yeah. And every parade crowd is going to be, like, a stress-filled nightmare. It's just like, who is wanting this? Who is so desperate to get Donald Duck's autograph that we have to rush back into this? Can we just take it easy? Like, I love roller coasters, too, but uh, that could be, like, one of the last things we open <laughs> yeah. back up. Vaccine dependent. Come on. So the Capitol Iron, like, actual property, it just got bought out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was wondering what that would mean for Capitol Iron. But it looks like um, they're going to be collaborating with the current users of that property, like Capitol Iron, and right. then hoping to just make it a little bit more vibrant um, and, like, keep the site's heritage and everything, but just kind of change it up just to invite more people into that area. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm kind of excited about it because mm-hmm. you're right. I, I really hope that they are, you know, and it sounds like they're endeavoring to to maintain the heritage sweetiness of the Capitol Iron Building, especially. Right. And and I hope that business gets to hang around because it's so good. Right. But they want to create a downtown hub with this huge parcel of land that's kind of all around there between Store Street and uh, the harbor there. And, and it makes sense because, like you say, it's just kind of on the edge of downtown. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of building going on. There's, like, new condos going on up, up across the street from... Capital Iron, so it's it's gentrification, but yeah. um, it could be a really neat addition or extension of downtown, which is great. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy that Capital Iron is also collaborating with that and the future of it too. Because yeah. oh, if you know of anyone who ever visits Victoria, their like first stop is to go to Capital Iron. It is such a staple in Victoria. Yes, oh, I love that place so Ugh. much. You can get anything there. What and what little? I sound like a walking ad for them, but I just love it. <laughs> They're advertisers on the radio yeah. station. That makes sense. No, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what fascinating places are going to be where I can uh, get like a tight fade haircut, play a classic arcade video game, drink a craft beer, and eat like a foe all Ooh. at the same time. That's the place I want. That's where you that want. That is the okay. hipster central downtown hub I'm looking for. <laughs> Wild weekend, obviously, looking at all the news coming out of the United States and now across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting. I had this moment last night, Jim, where I saw the, like, I was so wrapped up and everything that was going on, all the news that was happening. And it's it's so everywhere right now that I saw footage of the uh, protest that happened in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Everyone down there, thousands of people at the uh, art gallery and then I saw a comment on the picture that was like, oh, Dr. Bonnie's gonna, not going to like this. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> the pandemic. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, for a moment there, which is, you know, it's like just speaks to how, you know, pervasive uh, everything is going on right now. It is so wild. But, um, you know, it was really great to see over in Vancouver. Uh, a peaceful protest, unlike the one that happened in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and we decided, I think, today that we're, you know, it's going to be in the news a lot. So this will probably all that we really say too much about it. Yeah. Well, like, I, I will say that, like, I am, you know, I think a lot of people are just feeling, um, you know, 
uh, heartbroken and um, yeah. frustrated, mm-hmm. and I was feeling really uncomfortable. And like that uncomfortable feeling mm. just is just allowing me to reflect on like my own privilege and Good, just yeah. do some reading and really take a step back and realize like, oh, this is something that you you don't think about on a daily basis if you are in a privileged spot and now it's really opening my mind to my own actions my own thoughts and how i can be better as a person yes and and help with anti-racism instead of just you know taking a passive sort of um not really thought out Uh stance yeah so um and you know what else i found this weekend too is that Obviously, yes, you want to support and and, uh, and and we're obviously against the idea of racism and all the systemic awfulness that happens in, you know, our culture here in Canada and the States and all that, too. But you know what? As as this story continues, mm-hmm. it's OK to not have a hot take or a or a fully formed opinion on every single piece of news that comes out because it's very moving target. Mm-hmm. Because as you watch the news come out, it's and then it's just like, uh, oh, there's these people over here that are, you know, uh, s- starting fires that they're not part of the protest. OK, but now we think it's these people, mm-hmm. a different group. And it's just it's so moving all the time. And it's this is one of the most quickly moving and changing and morphing stories that I can remember. Mm-hmm. So it's OK to just watch it happen and, and not have to spout off about every single thing. Yeah, take a deep breath and reflect yes. for sure. I guess some students could be getting out of school Yeah, first day back mm-hmm. on a kind of uh, interesting schedule. I know it's going to be different for uh, depending on the grade that you're in. Uh, some students from kindergarten to grade five are in class on part-time basis. And then there's some access for grade six to 12. I am just curious to know if you did go to school or you have a, a student who was in school today, mm-hmm. how it was and what yeah. kind of protocols and what it looks like. I know it is on volunteer basis too. So right. there are p- some people who have decided to just, you know, call it off for, for this year and continue mm-hmm. online learning um, and the access there through the teachers. But um, some people have decided or um, have no other choice mm-hmm. is to put their, their kid back in school for the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. And I want to know how it is, too. It's like the teachers in the classroom, are they teaching to both the kids who are there as well as like to a webcam for the ones who are still at home, mm-hmm. too? Because... Yeah, that's very interesting. Seems very like futuristic sci-fi of like that's how things go in the future. And are we just kind of jumping the gun here because of this? Well, it's interesting because Quebec, uh, they reopened their schools earlier this month. And within two weeks, unfortunately, they had 41 uh, cases of uh, positive coronavirus in students and in teachers. And that obviously was something that they asked Bonnie Henry about. And right. of course, that is a risk. But sometimes, you know, like if there's enough protocols in place and people are doing everything safely, that mm-hmm. shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely something that parents are thinking about whether or not they should put their kids back in yeah i'm interested in all the creative ways people are getting to you know it's like uh, just get around and, and make sure that we're staying safe i told you about this weekend was the first time i went through a drive-thru and they handed me my coffee on like a special apparatus oh yeah where it was like extra long arm where it was like the coffee went in a cup holder and then they it was like a foot long or whatever and then they <laughs> handed it out to me and then i was like this is neat thank you so much <laughs> Bob and Doug, the astronauts, have uh, left Earth, which honestly I think is a good move. <laughs> Would do the same thing right now. <laughs> um, Did yeah, you so watch the rocket Kate, takeoff? You know what? I watched the first attempt of the rocket takeoff. Yeah, on Wednesday, um, whatever that but was. But it got last scrubbed week. because yeah. of the weather, and that was so nerve wracking to watch. My hands were sweating the whole time, really? and then I uh, didn't watch the one again just in case because I got scared. I did watch it on Saturday, 
And it was really actually, yeah, I agree too, though. I, I had nervousness. Yeah. Watching it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was shocked. It was just like it was wild to watch how calm the astronauts seemed to be in their little thing. And then for it to blast off into space was really cool to see. And then you see um, uh, one of the astronauts brought a little toy dinosaur that was his son's Mm -hmm. on the spaceship. And then at a certain point, it like floated past the camera. And I was like, oh, be careful. I hope that doesn't like get clogged in anything or like whatever. Right. (laughs) Even that kind of gave me an anxiety. But. And then there was a moment, too, where, like, the rocket itself, this is the whole thing that Elon Musk was working on, right? Mm-hmm. The rocket was supposed to come back down and land, right, so they could use it again. Mm-hmm. And it did, but right at that moment in the stream, it, like, cut out for a second right, right as it was landing. It was like, <gasps> what has happened? Why did the stream cut out? But it was fine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why this is so nerve-wracking. Maybe because we haven't seen a rocket take off with people in it for so long, mm-hmm. but... It was tense. Totally. So it has uh, officially confirmed that it has made it to the space station, which is cool. I also didn't know that was going to happen. I just thought they were going to go up and do a flip and come home, and that would be the end of it. I didn't know they were going to hang out at the space station. (laughs) That's just like lighting money on fire at that point. I suppose. Just a little joyride. We're going to take this rocket for a joyride and then come right back and do absolutely nothing in space. No research at all. Nothing at all. No, but they're going to space station. And that's good. And you know what? We talk a lot about this and, you know, how how nothing should be taking away from the situation going on in the States right now and the very important social movement that's happening. Mm-hmm. But I, I still did enjoy watching this because especially in the context of like whenever, when humanity does work on stuff to like, you know, reach out to the stars. Mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, philosophical about it because I watch so much Star Trek. But like when we all work together and we can do, reach for a common goal and we are just all one people and Aww. everything, that is a hopeful vision for the future and that's what I want. Oh, And so if this is like a little baby step in that beautiful dream, then I want for that. I want to cry. That's really nice. I actually am tearing up a little no, bit. That's really don't. sweet. It's just Star Trek. <laughs> Boitano is actually on the phone with us right now, and I just wanted to address the um, the mix that you made for this past weekend. And uh, you, you you talked about your you know your own sort of feelings around what's in the news, and I was wondering if you could just kind of like talk about that and why you decided to make this mixtape in particular. For sure. Again, I didn't want to use this whole thing as like a way of self promotion or anything like that. I just thought that this might help because this kind of helped me. Just reading the news cycles and you know being on social media. It was very tough like emotionally mm-hmm. uh last week and so uh, a lot of the times when i'm kind of emotional like that I, I turn to music to not sort of just to escape but to help me explore these emotions i first saw the george floyd video mm-hmm. you know after about three minutes i wanted to turn it off because i could see this is a 10 minute video and i know it's not going to end well I think one of the things that really got me was the fact that uh, one of the police officers that was there was, you know, an Asian American cop. And uh, it, um, uh, it, um, it, it, that was hard to see. And it was one of those things where I was actually watching it on my phone and almost yelling at my phone to that cop um, and swearing and like, why aren't you doing something? And it made me sort of analyze sort of my own experiences with, you know, with racism and uh, with uh, just a, a systemic flaw, I think. And it's made me realize how lucky I've been, 
you know, as as you know, Filipino Canadian, as an Asian North American, and um, how much harder you know the Black community has had it. So it was it was a tough ten minutes to watch, but I was like, I can't turn off my phone. I have to I have to see it. I have to watch it, and I have to be mad about it. So it was like emotionally, it was a really tough week, really heavy week. So I kind of decided to you know to listen to some music that either made me angry. You know, the point of doing this is just so that you know you don't forget. You take these feelings and you have them imprinted in your mind, and you don't forget. Uh, the feeling that you felt when you first saw videos like this or when you first experienced things like this because that memory hopefully will help you in the future to be a part of the change. Thank you for sharing that emotion with us right now because I think a lot of people can relate to that and felt very similar this weekend when being confronted with all these, you know, racist images. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like you said, it just like brings you back to all the times that you have been personally affected by it. And yeah, thank you for being so open and honest about that and also using music in a way to, to help people navigate those emotions as well. Art Aronson is here for the news, and uh, we have a we're in for a special treat. Art is going to be trying out a, a new sign-off. Uh, he's uh, trying to improve his craft as a journalist and delivering mm-hmm. the news, and uh, step up his professionalism a little bit. It sounds like, and so please keep an ear out for that, and let us know if you like it. It's you. interesting because uh, my mentor in this building, who has since retired, mm-hmm. Kirk Mason, I asked him if he wanted me to sign off, and he'd be like, "No, that's self-promotion." Mm. So I've kind of like not done it, but yeah. every other reporter Listen, in this world does it. I love Kirk very much, but he's a very, very grumpy old man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do what you want. He just had, his sign off is just like a grumbly sigh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My name is Art Aronson. Zone News. <laughs> bad that sounded <laughs> that was bad uncomfortable you, you for don't you. need to say my name is we know that's what's happening no. Ew, so try again art aronson yeah. zone news art aronson zone news throw a victoria in there in victoria still bad bc doesn't it's oh, not working okay, one more time one more time here okay here art aronson zone news victoria Oh boy, I take back everything I said no, about Kirk cool. Mason. Yeah, like Kirk that. was right. Maybe just a grumbly sigh is fine. <laughs> Hi, I just heard Art Erickson's end, and I think it was really good, but he didn't put enough energy into it. If I would have him and I would have finished it, I was I would have said, "This is Art Erickson giving you your news through the zone. Have a beautiful day." Oh, cute, beautiful day. I like too that. Wordy. Too many Art, words. Art, what do you think? Gotta be tired. on the mic. I'm not that friendly of a person. Yeah, he doesn't actually. <laughs> Neither am I, but day. it's show business, baby. You yeah, could say like, "Have point. a beautiful day." You're not show business. You're journalism. Separate. That's separate. Well, you still you still performing in front of a crowd. Yeah, no, it's different. How about this? I'm always on the fence about things, so I might just say on the fence. <laughs> Boo! No yeah. one gets it. This, no one's this is our Aaron signing out for the Zones News. I'm always on the fence of this stuff. Yeah. How about, I'm Art Aronson. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the best surprise today in Run the Jewels decided to drop the new album, Run the Jewels 4, 
couple of days earlier than expected. That's uh, from where uh, that song Ooh La La comes from in the zone at 91.3. What a nice surprise oh, today. I really. needed that today. Really? Oh, it got me so motivated and hopeful <laughs> listening to at least part of it this yeah. morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so happy about that. Yeah, they said, they made a little statement and said, uh, F it, why wait? The world is infested with some bull S. So here's something raw to listen to while you deal with it all. We hope it brings you some joy. Stay safe and hopeful out there. And thank you for giving two friends the chance to be heard and do what they love. I love that. And then on top of that, they're encouraging fans to fight for justice, change, and equality in America uh, by donating to some of their longtime allies, which is the National Lawyers Guild. And you can go to runthejewels.com for more information about that, where to donate and learn more about that as well. Um, Now, we had the chance to talk with Killer Mike and LP back last July, so almost a year ago, mm-hmm. and they were talking about their friendship, mm. um, why they make music together and why it works so well, and then also about the social and political climate in North America, specifically in uh, America and the yeah. States, and I remember just coming out of that conversation and feeling so hopeful. Mm-hmm. But they said it exactly how it is. They told us like hard truths, but just coming out of that conversation, uh, incredibly hopeful. So here is a little bit of that chat with Killer Mike and LP from Run the Jewels a year ago. The fact that we are friends of different colors and cultures, that I think the fact that we don't agree with every thought, that we don't polarize and we don't fit one side, I think that that is the best thing for being perceived as heavily political, but I honestly think on a social level, Ellen and I are just two regular guys who happen to be the best of friends who are mm-hmm. passionate about some of the same things, even when it's from different perspectives. And it makes sense to people because it puts two people together who aren't perfectly attached, like a lobby group or even an activist group. And I think that if we spent more time as individuals understanding that I can disagree with people and we can still have a commonality of friendship and an allyship, that these would be less political ties and socially we would do the right thing. Because if socially we did the right thing, we wouldn't be so heavily politicized in that day to day And that's just my humble opinion. I'd also like to point out that from my, my perspective, I think what you're witnessing is not the rising of new evil. I think what you're witnessing is the last gasp of outdated, desperate ideas that don't apply to the course of human evolution anymore. Mm. And, you know, when something is cornered and when something is about to die, it makes a lot of noise. <laughs> and I, I just don't think that you can argue with the tide of, of and the drift of humans consciousness and the natural evolution of where we come. I mean, I, I could be wrong. And of course, nothing is easy. But my hope lies in the fact that I think that there's a natural outdatedness to exclusion and to anger and to separation. Um, and I think that the noise that you see and the, and the people that you see representing this, they're, they're really on their last breath, you know, mm-hmm. historically. I really do think that. Um, but they're making a lot of noise and they're not going down without a fight, but they're going to get one. This is really cool. There's going to be an art show in Victoria on Saturday, and it's like a um, drive-by art show. So people can participate by showcasing their art in their driveways, their balconies, their windows, their stoops, their front lawns uh, during a three-hour period on Saturday. And then people are encouraged to go drive-by blocks or go for a walk and uh, see and hear the support of the artists, performers, and musicians and everything. Where is this happening? This is happening in Victoria. 
Yeah, it's called, it's created by Raw, which is the world's largest independent arts organizations. And uh, yeah, they're just doing this all around uh, North America. Okay, so where do I where do I go to find out where to go? Uh, nationalartsdrive.com for okay. all the information there. Neat. And then can I sign up to be an artist and display some art? Because during what this kind time, of art are you I have been doing a <laughs> lot know. of really sensual sculptures. Uh, it's very uh, what makes abrasive it so and very in your face and very sensual. And they're sculptures. <laughs> I would say absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Huh? Can you show me some work? Yes. Come okay. to my house and the art <laughs> <I> show. <regret. laughs> You're going to be in the window, obviously, silly. And yes, you can buy them. But you got to have room in your house for them because they're big. <laughs> They're very big. Like, get rid of your couch. <laughs> but don't sit on it. Yeah. Oh, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You're welcome. If it wasn't for you. <laughs> uh, we were talking for a good, like, what, 20 minutes about uh, this mustard incident that was happening in uh, Colwood. It somehow became... One of the biggest stories going on in, across Canada right now. Yeah. Um, I guess a, a motorist went to Wendy's and uh, didn't get mustard on his burger and then caused an outrage, broke the plexiglass screen in between the employee and just yeah. had like a big tantrum and then went off and they haven't been able to find him. Yeah. So now today we got a lovely press release, I oh. must say, <laughs> from uh, Zane Kaplansky is the owner of Kaplansky. Delicatessen with his own line of renowned mustards. Mm -hmm. And uh, he recently re relocated to Tofino and just wants kind of the point is like that everyone makes mistakes yeah. and no one deserves to be on the receiving end of this kind of condiment consternation, <laughs> is what it says. It's, it's so good. Am I. And he doesn't want the, because obviously he feels passionately about mustard. Yeah. Doesn't want the blame to fall on mustard. Don't blame mustard <laughs> for this type of behavior. Yeah. Um, the the thought, the, okay, this is what he says. He says, uh, the thought was to realize that the blame lies within the burger chain. How is it possible in this day and age when we know the health benefits of mustard? <laughs> How it improves the flavor of everything it touches and how mustard is the most Canadian of all the condiments that Wendy's doesn't automatically put mustard on every sandwich. Oh, I see. You should pay extra to have mustard not on your sandwich. Wow. So again, we feel a lot of passion here about mustard and I, uh, I appreciate the passion. Obviously, this is something that this person has dedicated their life to. Yeah. I, again, I don't really understand it. Mustard seems like a bit of a chore to me at times because it's so healthy, but okay. Uh, then uh, we also shouldn't be blaming some, you know, person who works at the burger chain who's no. just trying to do their job and forgot mustard or something. Um, and then it goes on to say that he's going to, uh, you know, give some mustard away. And even customers have come to him and said, I would like to donate packs of mustard to the man, the motorist who wow. got real angry. And the donor recommends the spicy flavor, okay. although he personally thinks it should be the mild because the dude needs to chill. Oh, <laughs> love it. it. And that was love all in a press release sent to us today. Wow. Love it so much. And please, for the rest of time, can this person be the spokesperson for mustard? Yeah. <laughs>
Another big day in the United States and this whole conversation around justice going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, this morning, you may have seen it. I know I spent my morning watching most of the uh, George Floyd Memorial, Mm -hmm. which was live streamed um, for the world to see. And uh, there was some really powerful moments. The whole thing was incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. and brought to tears a few times. And... um, the officiant, this was what really stood out to me is when they took a moment of silence. It wasn't just a moment of silence. Yeah. It was the exact eight minutes and 46 seconds that Ugh. it took for him to pass away. Mm. And yeah, you were just talking about it. It's, uh, it's emotional, but this is what the officiant said. And uh, just listen to how powerful this is. Let us stand. Somebody said, Reverend, eight minutes is a long time. That minute was long enough for the police to understand what they were doing. That mean it was long enough for one of them three cops to stop what was going on. That means it was long enough for whatever this officer had in mind for him to rethink. As you go through these long eight minutes, think about what George was going through, laying there for those eight minutes, begging for his life. We can't let this go. We can't keep living like this. God. Yeah. Powerful. Really powerful. Yeah. It, it's those moments of silence that it makes you really realize what eight minutes feels like. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of other things because uh, this is this conversation is massive right yeah. now, and and that's kind of what it is. As as shaky and violent and everything as it might seem at times, it really is a conversation that's happening and finally happening. Um, and a couple of other things of note today. Um, so uh, John Boyega, the actor who was in the latest bunch of Star Wars mm-hmm. movies, you may have seen he participated really strongly, had some a really passionate speech at one of the uh, rallies. And part of it was like he was afraid for his own career is yeah. what he said, right? He's like, I might not ever work again for saying this. Which is exactly what we need to to focus on. And that should not be a problem. That should not be something that people are afraid to be fired for, for speaking up for human rights. Absolutely. So that in itself, I mean, and and look at that. Yeah. And uh, nice, luckily, uh, or nicely, uh, Star Wars came out, like Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, no, we support John Boyega 100% in this, which is really great. Um, Also down in the States, uh, the uh, Democrats are planning to introduce police uh, police reform bill on Monday. Uh, That so, I mean, then that's what's totally needed, right, mm-hmm. is uh, a look at the entire system, as, as has been said a million times uh, by now. Uh, unlikely that anything will really happen on it right now, but you guarantee it'll be a, an election issue this November. If you've been sitting there thinking, like, well, how is 2020 going to get any crazier? Yeah, what next? What next? We know now there's a next thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not, you don't want to get all scared or anything, sure. but no, there is, there's some big asteroids out there right now. Yeah. There about, there's about five like giant asteroids that are getting relatively close to the earth, mm. but it's nothing to worry about at all. Relatively close to the earth, might I add, is uh, approximately 5.1 million kilometers away. So if you think about the distance between the moon and the earth, that's 385,000 kilometers away. So, Uh, you know, it's still very, very far away. But in, you know, relative, like relative to space, that's pretty close. 
just yeah. kind of neat. So NASA has just like put out uh, some information about those asteroids. And yeah, we don't need to worry, but yeah, they're they're pretty close to the Earth. I, I hear you. I get what you're saying. I right? It's like, okay, relatively <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah. My main concern and question is, is it within a margin of error for NASA <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, three million kilometers away. No big deal. It's like, okay, well, what if you made a whoopsie on your graphing calculator? Uh, and, uh, you know, it... And that's all I'm saying. I mean, that's out of our control, but look, I wore my NASA sweatshirt today. How fitting, Paul! See you you should office. know. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the information we need. No. Well, there's another uh, lottery winner. You know, these stories are cute. I always like put myself in that situation. Be like, what would I do if I win the lottery? Mm -hmm. Well, this guy, Ron from Aldergrove, BC, or Aldergrove, uh, he won $24 million. And uh, first thing he did, he just called his boss and was like, that's it, I'm retiring. And I was wondering, would I like, if I were, you know, he was probably around 60 years old. Well, would I retire immediately or would I just keep on going? I should, yeah, let's just retire. If you're 60 years old. Really? Yeah, of course. What are you doing at that point? You get $24 million now in the bank? Okay. That's it. What about, what about right now? You as a 30-something-year-old person, if you won $24 million, would you quit your job and do something else? Or no. Or what would you but do? That's different for two reasons. Yeah, I am half his age. And mm-hmm. number two, I uh, really like my job. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? And that's what's hard for, I think, even you and I to sit here and, and, and to ponder that. Because for those of us who really genuinely love their jobs, it's like, No. Yeah. I know. I want to continue doing that. The, the reason I do it is because I like it. I've struck a balance that mm-hmm. this is the thing that puts food in my belly and that it gives me, you know, some form of goodness, mm-hmm. of accomplishment in my life. But for other people who just do their job because it's money, mm-hmm. when you have money, why would you What's continue doing it? Yeah, so he says uh, he's going to share his millions with his loved ones. Um, I want to send it uh, to help the people that are close to me who have been there throughout my entire life. So he's just nice. dedicating his time to help the people in his life, which I think is real sweet. And do it as soon as you can. How about a trip? <laughs> okay, so I think if I was in... Uh, job like you guys have one that you love and I won that kind of money I would donate my salary I would just still do the job I wouldn't need the money so I just donate the salary from that job smart move yeah, yeah. yeah to some good cause I think like that's it like not one person needs 24 million dollars so donate it really don't and I don't need the extra income from the job so why not give it away to somebody right love it but um my job sucks so I would quit <laughs> I feel like see you later. Yeah, you know, that's that's it. It would afford you the opportunity to just now do whatever you want. You could exactly right, and that's great. I would. I think honestly, too. I've read some articles about people winning the lottery, and then like, and you know, leeches coming out of the woodwork. I've heard a lot of stories like this. Yeah. I think I would just vanish, man. I would. I don't, I don't think I would tell anybody. And I would, yeah, like New Zealand, here I come, and just never see me again. Yeah, New Zealand, good yeah. choice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would buy an apartment building that was twenty-four million dollars. And then I would, yeah, live in the penthouse, obviously, yeah. and and then rent the rest of the building to all my friends and family for, like, really cheap, and then live off of that money. There you go. That's smart. And then you could live off the interest of the $24 million in the exactly. bank. Exactly. I'd buy some ridiculous things, like a jetpack. I want a jetpack. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining the PJ Party. For more from Paul and Jenny, 
Get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 91.3. Or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast. And tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Kirsten James. I'm Art Aronson. And I'm Paul Bacino. And the Zone's Geek Out Podcast is where we get together each week and talk about geeky stuff like technology, movies, comics, TV, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and how much better Marvel is than DC. So much better. Come on, man. Captain America. Calm down, Art. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold or at thezone.fm slash geekoutpod. With new episodes each Friday, it's The Zone's Geek Out Podcast. Listen, please. Bye! Bye.